0: Saturday morning, and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. And greetings, gardening friends. It is good to be back. We're always a little bit rusty. I'm feeling very relaxed. Which uh, can be good or could be bad, I'm not sure. Catherine Clinton will be taking her phone calls this morning. John Glidden is standing by to help solve. Your gardening inquiries, you can call us on 94841927 and you can email us on gardening at curtainfm.com.au. Alan Manning certainly treated us to a fab breakfast show. He always does. Rob Miller helped him do it. And, of course, Jim Cronin took us through a nice little cycle and he will return next Saturday. Faye, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Ray. Feels like a long time since we've been sitting here. It goes quick, but they're not.
1: Well, it's three weeks since we were here.
0: See, there you go. That is quite a long time, isn't it?
1: I had a great break. Yeah, good. School holidays and... downtime in the garden and all that
0: rain well yeah how much gardening time did you get with the rain well there's a bit of a uh, dash in dash out do something dash in. yes
1: well i was a bit distracted so i've been hunting rather than gardening i've been enjoying the wildflowers the waddles are out yeah the hovey has started blooming yeah the bush is starting to burst and the native plants in my established gardens are just going gangbusters the a bottle brush was spot flowering yesterday. Geraldton wax, the thriptamines, the gums. Oh, it's just Looking. a beautiful time. And everything's glistening. When we came in today, yeah. the sky was clear, a little bit cloudy. But what a beautiful day with that overnight rain. It's just glorious. I
0: know. Wouldn't it be perfect? And I'm sure everybody thinks this is if it rained all night and we had the fine days. There's something about uh, going out into the garden fresh from rain and everything is glistening, right? And right across
1: Perth, I mean, Mm. we've had the cold, but Mm. this rain has brought out things that haven't (laughs) been seen, honestly, Ray. Are we talking
0: fungi? I wasn't going to, (laughs) but I can't help it.
1: You know, there's this basket fungi that it starts off as a puffball and it it expands, so when the outer egg case cracks, this cage just expands into a net ball and blows off to spread, it, spread its spores. And it's mm. about the size of a tennis
2: ball.
3: Wow. It just
1: pops and expands yeah, out yeah. in front of your eyes yeah. if you're lucky enough to, it see it. to see it. And some people have. Mm. So the West Australian Facebook fungi page is going off. The <laughs> the, the red fingers <laughs> oh, fungi, funny. which um, is like a stinkhorn, and it pops out of an egg and its little red fingers come up, rise slowly out of the ground, and it can last for three days or mm. so. Mm. It's just, Spectacular. just amazing. And I, I actually have brought in a little bit of bird's nest burnt. Bird's oh. nest fungi
0: to show you today. Okay. Okay. Is that um, show and tell after after morning yeah, tea? Yeah, it
1: is. And then oh. t- look, I would quickly show you now so oh, that I you can. Help yeah, explain. I mean, I I
0: couldn't hang out for the next two hours, Fay. <laughs> I w- know. Wondering what's in that container.
1: <laughs> you you wouldn't see oh, wow. these unless yeah. you're looking for it. So it's yes. the size of what? What is that? Small. Oh. A pea. Yes, probably it's the size of half a pea, of a pea, and it looks like a little bird's nest. It's a little cup. And they start off as little balls, like a pea, but whitish or brownish. And they pop open and inside they have all these little, looks like seeds. They're peridioles, And when the rain comes, they bounce out and this is how they're spread.
0: You must need good glasses to be able to see. Well,
1: you know, I was looking and I saw all these little regular round Mm -hmm. white circles and that was a cluster. So when I got picked up for the garden club last week, I made the girls get out of the car so I could show them.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough too. Got to, got to spread the joy, well, spread the knowledge.
1: This was just on the verge ray, and they mm. break down the mulch that's there. So mm. you can often find fungi wherever there's mulch. Mm. And, you know, you, you just get down and you look. Mm. you You'll see all sorts of things in a metre. Yeah. Once you get your eye in. Yeah,
0: it's, it sure has been a little soggy, though, over my way. Oh, and I actually ordered what? a pair of wellies online that arrived, thankfully, yesterday. Uh, I was very happy about well, that. My shoes, everything, i just up to almost angles in water when I'm out walking the dog or whatever I do. Well, you I need
1: gumboots.
0: Well, yeah, they are. That's what I ordered oh, online. Excellent.
1: Mm. Well, one mm. thing I did find, uh, a couple of the tiniest patches of lichen growing up on yes. on one of our older banksias. And because it's been so wet, I think the lichen that's fallen to the floor is actually growing and spreading like a a moss Hmm. that you would see in the forest in the southwest. Not something I've seen in the Jandicot bushland in all the time I've been there. Hmm.
3: It's
1: just, yeah. Is it climate change?
0: (laughs) It's... It's a wet winter, I know certainly. that. We, it certainly yeah. puts one a question. One for the books. It, it is one for the books, absolutely. Now, our guest today, at 20 past eight, we are going to be chatting with Grady Brand, no less. He's a former curator of Kings Park and Botanic Gardens. He is now retired. We're talking about the wildflower season and we really feel this is going to be a cracker of a year. Perfect time to... Get away. Uh, The way that we are these days, living in our bubble in WA, at least we have these wonderful opportunities open to us.
1: We are the luckiest in the world, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. are we not?
0: We certainly are. Mm. Absolutely. Grateful. Very, very grateful. And our guest this morning coming in at 8.40, Joe Bustle, the compost queen from Urban Revolution. She'll Mm -hmm. be joining us in the studio and she will be talking about Faye
1: Plastic Free July. Yeah, which we can all probably uh, get some tips on what to do better in our gardens to yeah. save plastic. At, at least recycle, repurpose, reuse.
0: And I like I like what you've written here. You say to tread a little lighter on the earth. Mm. Yeah, I do like that. So, yes, and we do have a lot of emails that are going back a few weeks, listeners, simply because we were trying to have a little break. Faye needs to have a couple of weeks uh, off. And uh, so we've got a lot of catching up to do we have. With lots of uh, emails. And uh, I have a gorgeous one here, actually, from Megan Dyson, which reminds me, I do have a $75 gift voucher to give away from Bigger Trees. Now, uh, Megan obviously won one and she said uh, she wanted to say thank you for the voucher. Uh, it was a lovely surprise in her letterbox And she has a little front and backyard And she's seriously looking at particular trees to provide shade Not to become too big So she's hoping that bigger trees uh, can help her find them She thoroughly enjoys the show on Saturday mornings She's a bit shy about ringing up with a query though and she. But she has found the chats and special guests that come on Always answer some of her questions And uh, she found everything that we talk about practical and WA friendly most important, don't be too shy. It's only us, Megan, and uh we'd love to hear your call. There's
1: not too many people listening out there, is there, Ray? How do you mean? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, anything said, just stay just between, between us.
0: us. <laughs> exactly. So no, if we can chat on air, so so can you. Trust trust us on that. We're not we're not pros.
1: Okay. Well, I will start on the emails Let's then. Do it. So yes, I didn't reply during the holidays. Just trying to get some time away from the computer yeah. and um, having having a break. Um, so thanks for everyone's patience. So this one's come in from Roz, and it's a photo of what's called a, a jade plant, yeah. large jade, uh, a succulent. And it's very pitted with lots of brown necrotic spots, which yeah, t- tells that. me uh, that something has been nibbling away at it and of course you know the the regular culprits are things like slugs and snails but a a few weeks ago i had noticed in my garden when i went out at night time in the agapanthus flower heads the spent flowers there were lots and lots of weevils mating and i i showed this to a friend who loves her succulents and she agreed even before i suggested that we believe it's weevils. So the thing to do is get out at night with a torch. I mean, unfortunately mm. for this plant, the damage has been done.
4: Yeah.
1: But go out with the torch at night and just have a little look around. You might find some things that you won't see in the daytime. For sure. It had been sprayed with pyrethrum, uh, but it was probably too late. Mm. And I'd just keep an eye on it. But it yeah, should yeah, all recover. Ah, uh, yes, I. I would probably remove off the yeah. yuckiest looking Absolutely. leaves um, yeah. and Let maybe start take again. cuttings and make a new plant mm. which propagating's a joy in itself. So this one comes in uh, from Daniella and it's a mandarin tree that has been in the ground mulched and fertilised as all the other citrus trees which are growing well. It's been in for about 20 years but has increasingly dry twigs on one side and they grow less dense than the other. She also sent in an image of the graft. So it's quite amazing The where the graft is. There's quite a distinct yeah. difference. What it tells us is that the rootstock is very prolific and the tree that's been grafted onto it is nowhere near the has the same vigor. It's very um, odd to look at, right? It It is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's unique. It looks like a it's... trunk sitting inside a trunk. <laughs> it's it's beautiful, and I don't think that's a problem. It looks mm. well healed. What I would be doing is going in and trimming out any of the dead, sticky bits, dead, dying, diseased, and thin. Clean it up and then monitor from here on. A good tidy up can make the world of difference mm. and that's that's Brilliant. what you do daniella the other thing she asked was about caper berries and guildford garden center john had a look and and they have them they stock them yeah okay beautiful so sue from malaloo has sent in uh very sad looking leaves on a mango tree it's been planted for about four years. She lives in Malu and gets strong winds. After the first year, the leaves started having these brown spots. They spread and eventually the edges all go brown and the leaves die. Some of the growing tips have the same problems. I've covered the entire plant in shade cloth and given it extra nutrients like magnesium, iron and sulfur together with slow release fertilizer and mulch. Despite all the TLC, it's not doing well. It is not dead and in spring there will be new leaves. So I actually sent this to Chris Oliver. He's an expert in fruit trees, diseases prevention. Mm. So he's recommended a pre-harvest treatment, spraying with a copper fungicide as soon as you see the new emerging growth, especially the flowers. And you would redo this fortnightly. Mm -hmm. The second thing to do for tree hygiene, is to cut back the dead wood to new growth, remove the dead leaves, particularly the ones that are collected in the forks of the tree, yeah. and open up the interior. Selective pruning to remove any severely damaged leaves and branches. And the strong winds in this case are actually an advantage okay. because they creating the airflow. Yeah. And it's because of um, the particularly wet weather and high humidity. Yeah, okay. But treatment is required. Now, Lee sent us a photo of some curled leaves from the citrus and I sent back a link, a link uh, about citrus leaf miner, which, you know, the damage is done by the time the leaves are curled. If It doesn't tend to impact the tree greatly. It doesn't look fantastic. Most citrus trees will recover without a problem. If you want, just nip off the untidy ones. You can spray with a uh, an oil, mm. which will stop the moth laying its eggs in the leaves. Mm. But you really need to get the timing of that right.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, you can apply some organic fertilizer now, and the new growth quite possibly will beat the moth when it comes out. So, well, some
0: things are growing at the moment, aren't they? Oh, I've they noticed, are. I notice certain things are really, yeah. And do you know what, Ray? It's only five weeks to spring. And counting. <laughs> I <laughs> think I'm with you this year after the, the deluge of rain that we have <laughs> had. I love the cooler weather. I think the rain has just been probably, we need a few days here and there to dry out, don't we? We,
1: we do, mm. but, you know, I think we're in midwinter. Yeah. And it's been. It feels it, like we've had
0: winter, which is. It, it's quite nice. Awesome. It is awesome. I agree. Okay, would you like to go to the lines or? You...
1: <laughs> I, I think we should
0: probably go to our break and then head to the lines. All right, let's do that, and then we'll be chatting with Peter.
3: Curtain radio.
0: And you are with Ray and Faye. 21 minutes after eight, this is Let's Talk Gardening. Now, there is a road closure on Stoneham Street. It's closed both directions from Great Eastern Highway to Resolution Drive in Ascot. I drove right through this this morning. Uh, I saw it due to fallen power lines. The technicians are aware and police are diverting traffic. Uh, So the traffic is flowing. But be aware that from Stoneham Street through to uh, resolution drive in ascot there is a problem due to fallen power lines
1: Gosh, that's pretty severe
0: yeah i actually i was trying to work out what was wrong as i sort of zip zip past this morning and uh yeah i, I actually thought it was power lines down and my car was pretty close to it too so but there was a policeman trying to you know steer people around so yeah okay we're in basundine peter how are you
5: well good morning girls how are we we're good, good thanks peter that's good. I've got a, an orange tree to be uh, a good 10, 12 feet high and um, it's all the top branches seem to be growing into one another. Is it the right time to really give it a hard prune?
1: Well, what what state is the tree in at the moment? Are there fruit on it?
5: No, no, the fruit's all gone.
1: Okay, yep, now great time. Yeah. Once, once you've um, harvested your fruit, it's finished flowering now is the best time to prune it
5: uh, and can and how hard do you cut it back does it make much difference if i cut it say you take about three feet off it bring it back to to
1: about a quarter time? um taking a yeah, quarter the, off yeah. it uh, that would be fine
5: yeah. yeah it's just the top of it. it's all just tangled and i just want to let the sunlight come in
1: absolutely yes good time to do okay. it
5: Okay, well, thanks very much for that.
1: You're welcome. Yeah, go to it, Peter. Hope <laughs> you get some uh, rain free g- days. I'll, yeah.
5: <laughs> I'll give the wife the saw. she can do it.
0: Uh-huh.
5: <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Peter. Thanks a lot.
0: Cheers for that. And as we mentioned earlier, we've got Grady Brand online. We're talking about the wildflower season, which we're very much looking forward to. Grady, you're with Ray and Faye. Good morning.
6: Good morning, Ray. How are
0: you? I'm. I'm. We're good. We've just had a couple of weeks off. Uh, That's good. And uh, yeah, we're we're all freshened up and ready to go. And uh, boy, have we had some rain, hey?
6: It's been fantastic, hasn't it? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Sure has. It's like the old days,
1: isn't it? It it? is not it The July school holidays when, you know, you stayed inside and played board games.
0: The whole time, yeah. Yeah.
6: That's right. You used to go to the beach and not take your bathers. I remember that very well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did you go to Swanbourne?
6: No, 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 no. I think I was a floriate beach man. No, no. In the middle of winter, of course, when it was raining, all it was good for was a cup of tea and a... Date slice, if I recall. Oh, those were the
1: days, the Certainly, thermos.
6: Yeah.
1: Mm. Oh. So, have you been out and about, Grady, tripping away? I
6: have, I have, Faye. I've just come back from the gun barrel. Or so, that the sort of a track that's east of Waluna, which was really lovely. You know, the desert has been very well watered, and that track goes all the way to Warburton, and then you come back on the Great Central Road. So, Look, I'm a bit of a lover of uh, the deserts, which are, you know, incredibly rich in flora, mm. and you know, and they're sort of a bit unique in Western Australia that they've actually got plants in them. And yeah, you know, I suppose it was pretty special because we were in a place where, you know, the last of the the last two Aboriginals and their families sort of walked out of the desert. You know, the last of the nomads, really. So we were in a very special place in WA, which sort of celebrates a rich, you know, culture of the Aboriginals on the land. So but, what, yeah, look, this, yeah, go what right.
7: flora
1: would you see out in an area like that?
6: Oh, look, there's, you know, because there's uh, salt pans and you've got uh, uh, desert uh, dunes, red desert dunes. So there's flora that is on those dunes. Predominantly, spinifex holds the country together. But, you know, there's corimbias on the dunes and there's claredendron, there's crotillarias. There's, you know, a myriad of uh, really beautiful plants out there. Hakeas, grevilleas, all feeding the, uh, the birds and the, the uh, creatures of the desert. It's, it's pretty amazing, really. And I suppose it's those spaces that make you feel like you've climbed to the top of a mountain really Hmm. that same sort of feeling when you're in those big environments
1: it makes me think of us when we adventure to other countries and yet we've got these landscapes here for the i mean you're not your average tourist where where can everyday people find out about places like that do you need to be self-sufficient to get out there
6: Oh look you do. Yeah, you know, I I think still one of the the most amazing roads is the Great Central Road, which should sort of be a little bit more for people that have got a car that is, you know, quite a, a rigorous car, but not necessarily the big land cruiser. You know, you could get there in an SUV but mm. you know, it might rattle you a bit. Mm. But you know, there's places to stay on the way to Uluru, and it's a sort of an amazing transect through the Great Victoria Desert and other deserts as you get to uh, to Uluru. But look, this year Western Australia has probably been blessed with amazing rains. Yeah. The Kimberley, you know, the Kimberley region, all the tourists that are up there now would be reaping a, a season which saw above average rainfall. And, of course, when that happens in the Kimberley, there's a flow on into the, the Pilbara. And then those lows go through the desert, which I just experienced as they're well-watered. They look like massive gardens. So, you know, mm. that was was really lovely. And then, you know, as you come all the way down the state, you know, there's been some remarkable things. The gas going has flowed, you know, four or five times this year. So that tells you all the country... East of Carnarvon, so the, the Kennedys, Mount Augustus, all of those areas have had multiple waters. So the floral display that the, the visitor will see will be to be remembered, really, mm. in, and, in those regions.
0: And timing-wise, uh, when when approximately would of, that be? It's sort
6: of really now through to the end of August for, yeah. for that zone.
0: Yeah. And that sort
6: of applies to... You know, Exmouth, if you think of the rains they've had this year, and there's incredible flora there on the Gulf for people to see as they go and enjoy the the Coral Coast. Um, You know, Shark Bay has had good rains. You keep coming all the way right down Carnarvon. Then some of the areas that seldom get good, and it's about timely rains. You can have rains, but if they come at the right time well, then that is really the, the magic that brings the country to life. So all the Mulga regions east of Geraldton all the way up to Mount Magnet. And that triangle, I suppose, Geraldton-Mount Magnet down to Del Wollinew, that is has had uh, really lovely rain. And that is the, the famous area for yeah. the paper daisies.
4: Yes. So that's
6: going to be pretty amazing. So that, that all happens really in the next six weeks.
1: So Darwallinu is about four hours away. So people, yeah. they could do it as a day trip, but yeah. if they at least had an overnighter, they'd be yeah. able to get out and do a loop and really experience. They
6: could. I always say, if, you know, if you've got a really good, reliable car and you've got a few drivers, if you took off at 6 o'clock in the morning and, uh, you know, swapped your drivers around, you could really go and do it if you were pushing it. In a day, but mm. you know, places like Dallwollen, you are a great sort of uh, stepping stone for a overnighter, yeah, and then to catapult yourself out on the, the road to Painsfines. Mm. That there, I think, is a remarkable journey. That's really just on our doorstep
1: for a day trip for people to get out. I noticed a few years ago when I headed up, there didn't seem to be a lot. To look out the window on the side of the road.
6: Yeah, look. I think as uh, as time has gone on, the the weeds have probably won the war on those narrow little strips, and you do really need to get to these areas of uh, volume that are sort of national parks or reserves to to actually enjoy, um, I suppose, the floral richness of the state because that that's the the best way to go. You know, we've sort of got all those amazing sand plains north of Perth, from sort of Jinjin up, Badgingarra, Durian Bay, uh, Cervantes, all of those national parks mm. east of uh, of Durian Bay. You've got um, Cockleshell Gully and Mount Lesua, You know, they've been amazingly yeah. watered. I was there sort of at the end in autumn and it looked like spring. But, you know, those areas like Mount Le and the Fitzgerald River National Park, they flower all year because of the complexity of their ecosystem. They've got creatures that rely on them to flower all year round. And, you know, that's what happens out there. So they're sort of quite... you, You can really enjoy them at any time of the year, but as you come further south, it becomes more of a... September, October, the southwest is, has been a little dry over the last, you know, number of years, but this year they've had incredible rains. So the flora responds to that in a, a, a way which the visitor will well enjoy. Yeah, it's very
0: generous.
1: And what about really close to Perth, Grady, for people who perhaps aren't so mobile to get out and do a, a day trip? Where are some of the, the local hotspots?
6: Yeah, look I sort of uh you know the the Darling Range is really good. I always in, enjoy that. Um you know John Forest National Park um even out the Brookton Highway, the Albany Highway there there's sort of some great spots you can pull off the side of the road and yeah. and enjoy the the flora of the the Darling Range which is incredibly diverse. So that's all pretty special. And just north of Perth as well, you know, the area around Moore River, that's pretty, pretty lovely in the sand plains. Uh, you know, the coastal flora is incredible in the in this, uh, September and October as well as you view the ocean and the flora of the coast is doing its uh, flowering. It's pretty beautiful. So WA is really. Mm. the people of Perth are, are spoilt rotten really
1: <laughs> that's what we think yeah, too yeah. and I tell you who will be listening and that's Jill Heard. and uh, she'll be very pleased to hear us talking about native plants because she often writes to us mm. after the show <laughs> and does a tut tut about talking uh, if we mention that Perth sands are gutless and yeah. sandy yeah. because she knows how rich the flora is, and she has wonderful yeah. memories from her childhood.
6: Yeah, look, I you know I suppose the thing that motivates that particular person myself and you know mm. you two, it's really about the value of the natural world that, mm. and, you know, generally throughout the world it's uh, appreciated that you know plants are the basis of our life. So they give us our food, they give us our air, they give us building materials. You know, they are of huge value. They're about our very existence on Earth. So Mm. to preserve them, to care for them, you know, that's what I spent my time in Kings Park for all those years, you know, just promoting the value of plants. But, you know, as we mentioned, the WA plants on a world scale are... You know, up there with the most diverse and most unusual and most respected worldwide. So yeah. it's an incredible patch that we need to look after.
0: It should have said it better ourselves, Grady. Thank you so much.
6: And, no worries. And what's next for you?
0: What's next for you? Where are you off to? Well,
6: I'm about to uh, do that very thing and go up there in those paper daisies because. Uh. I love talking about it, but I yeah. really love just uh, sitting in it and enjoying Gosh. it. And but
1: you don't sit in it. them, do you? You don't <laughs> trample
6: them. Well, you no, know, yeah. we you walk through them and you go and discover things and you take lots of photos and you very much enjoy. Yeah, you know, these are on a huge landscape of Malga country, which is you know not a road verge, but rather just you know, hectares of flowers. So, yeah, you know, it's a, a beautiful thing to enjoy. So I'm about to to do that in uh, August. Mm. And then I think I'll just keep rolling through September <laughs> because the gold fields have been really well watered as well. They often miss out. So they look incredible. Was, uh, too long ago, so... There was annuals on the ground there, so they've been getting some of these rains that have come through. So I'll probably move into the gold fields and enjoy that. I'm just going to keep rolling on it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we, we look forward to further updates on your travels.
6: Sure, happy to do We're that.
0: Envy you. Yes, no, thank you very much for imparting uh, no your right, your right. your point of view, which we love.
6: No worries.
3: All
0: right,
1: thanks, Bye. Grady. Take care. Enjoy your day. Okay. Cheers for that.
0: Bye. Bye for now. Bye. Yeah, it is. It is obviously what what Grady's explaining is. It's it's not a rare opportunity, but it's an it's outstanding opportunity uh, to see more than we normally would see. Thankfully, too, the incredible rains that we have had and what what is going to pop up out of the ground due to that. And you
1: just it's you a don't real time to explore what, mm. what you will find.
0: And we underestimate, don't we? We underestimate our own backyard. Well, we, we, we know, but we like to mm. hopefully make people un- understand that you don't need to go e- e- to the other states. There's so much going on here in WA. Exactly. And if you get out there,
1: you can stand back and enjoy the whole mm. vista. Yeah. You can go for a walk. But I I urge you, if you're going for a walk, take a moment to stop and look at a flower for five minutes Mm. if you can bend down on the ground and just stop and let the world catch up to you Mm. and observe it is like meditation being in that moment relaxation Mm. and just allow the things to come in i sound a bit spiritual now but i i know what it's like and out of the corner of your eye something will move so Mm. don't just jerk around to look Mm. Take a slow movement. Observe what comes in, and enjoy. Enjoy. Be still. Mm. Yeah,
0: no, I like that very
1: much. I do it most days, Ray. I'm out there on my hands and knees in the sand.
0: I know. <laughs> I'm jealous, actually. Yeah, I really am. I wish. I wish that were me. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I wish. I wish sometimes, yeah, that I was. Uh, it can I had. Be. I had more freedom than I. Well, i have a working girl, and I'm not. I'm I know. Not.
1: I know you are. And but in your day, just take that ten minutes. Mm. Ten minutes, that's all I want people to do, whether it's a cup of tea sitting yeah, on the back veranda mm. or on your walk. Carve
0: that time out.
1: Hang on to that dog and stop it from running and just yeah, have some Downtime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our household is a little bit crazy, and it certainly was this morning with that little dog. Well, okay. you've had her a year now. I've had her a year. Yeah, wow. we had Gotcha Day. Yeah, on the tenth of July, that's Gotcha Day, <laughs> we celebrated as well. Yeah, little monkey. So it wouldn't be without her. She's uh, she keeps us on our toes. Nine four eight four one nine two seven. We'll be back in a moment.
3: Curtain Radio.
0: You are with Let's Talk Gardening with Ray and Faye. And as promised, we've been joined in the studio by Joe Bustle, compost queen from Urban Re- Revolution. Good morning, Joe. having a slug of water. How- oh, and we're getting your headphones on. We're yes, getting her. Sorry, That's oh, all right. Was we're getting there.
8: Was I? <laughs> That's all right. That's <laughs> Welcome, all right. I hope jo. you can Lovely hear as well. to have you here. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. And we're encouraging calls now, 94841927. Faye's got a lot of emails to get through, lots of subjects to cover. So thank you for making the journey in this morning. Where did you trek from?
8: Um, up the road, Vic Park. Fantastic. That's good. That's <laughs> nice good. Nice and local.
1: Good, good. So we're here today to talk about Plastic Free July yeah. and how we can do better in our gardens. and. You're the compost queen, Joe. so for anyone out there that wants to get more info on that, and I know Alan wrote to us or rang before we went on the break asking about compost and I sent him links to the podcast, uh, which was your interview last time. So, Alan, if you're listening, you can always ring in with any questions and tell us how can we do better in our gardens with Plastic Free July.
8: Okay, well, um, I guess the best place to start is Plastic Free July is a, um, started from a Perth initiative, a local government initiative about eleven people, um, and it was. Um, it's now um, last year they say that over um, three hundred twenty-six million people engaged with Plastic Free July, wow. um, and that's across one hundred seventy-seven countries. Okay. So, was, you know, it's, it's a very yeah. good initiative. You know, so many of these plastic, um, cons, you know, um, initiatives come from the grassroots, come from just people wanting to see change.
0: Mm, absolutely. I actually even have a question for you straight up. These little guys, the coffee cup, how do, where, do it, where can we recycle him? You can't. That's right. I've been collecting them and I don't have anywhere to actually put them.
8: So, yeah. So there's certain plastics. So um to I guess to understand the problem, mm. right? So we have a, uh, you know, we have a um a worldwide plastic pollution problem and it's because um plastic lasts forever. Yeah. And um so um so you know, with this plastic problem, um it lasts forever um and um we don't recycle enough and mm. the way that plastic is made is from crude oil or natural oil um natural gas and into polypropylene or um polyethylene yeah and um when they um get into the environment they are um non um they they just degrade they are non biodegradable they don't
0: break down
4: that's mm. right, and yeah. so they're
8: they're in you know they're on the planet forever yeah. we have currently made like a statistic on this is that we've currently made um nine trillion kilograms of plastic since the nineteen fifties, which was the wow. era of convenience, and all of that plastic in some form is still on the planet mm. and so and that works out to be about a thousand kilograms. Per person who's currently alive on the planet mm. um, and so um, we we're just not moving it on we, 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 there's still a lot of there's no governance around this there's no one looking at this issue, and the problem is is that with the plastics, because it just is degradable. Um, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. That's how it breaks down. It doesn't break down by our natural systems, such as using microbes like it does in composting. Mm. And um, and so it ends up being a microplastic. Um, and a microplastic, there's two types of microplastics. One's the primary, one's the secondary. The primaries are actually made that way to be microplastics, such as... Um, the you know the poly um, ethylene balls, you know, the polystyrene yeah. Yeah. balls that we see for fillers that we used to have in potting mixes. Yeah, um, they're the you know in the cosmetics the microbeads. They're the microfibers and textiles, um, and um, then there's this um, the second you know the um, secondary microplastics, and they're from you know larger plastics that have degraded. Mm. and so what happens with these is that they um they get smaller and smaller until they become nanoplastics and nanoplastics um we can't see um they're hard to see even with a um a microscope right um and um these are um are, you know with the, the the nanoplastics they're a bit of like a a trojan horse in our environment in that mm. They are very good at absorbing all of the, um, you know, the um, the perpetual organic pollutants such as DDTs, PCBs, and the dioxins. You know that are you know created from burning plastic incineration. So all of these nanofibers are collected, um, and you know are, are absorbing all this, and they're absorbing it in the oceans, on land, mm-hmm. in our water, and you know, in our air. So. Mm-hmm. Um, as there hasn't been much governance on this, there's, a mm. lot, there's not a lot of studies in this yeah. as far as the effect on human health in particular. Mm. There's been a fair bit of um, research into like um, zooplankton, and, and from that research, they've seen that the microfibers actually can go into the gut and then move on into organs. Mm. They're starting to do more studies. Like people are crying out for these studies now. Yeah because they know just exactly what the problem is. It's in our soils, and this is the thing for gardeners, is that what we need to be conscious of is that it's now in our soils. Um, And and there is is scientific research behind this, and there's many rabbit holes on the internet to go down. There's a lot of studies that are coming out. So I guess that's the
1: problem. How have you changed your garden practices to improve that or overcome it?
8: Okay, so what we've got to be conscious of is that we do know we have plastic in the soil, so we just want to minimise it. Mm. And, and the thing with plastics, the, like plastic is that, that um, fabulous analogy of that you've got the overflowing sink. And like in the panic, what do you do? Do you pull the plug or do you run for the mop? And the answer is, is that you turn the tap off. Yeah and so the first thing when when we're looking at what's in our gardens what's in our life really but it's, you know we're talking about what's in our garden is um just to not buy it and um so thing and and things like um you know your plastic ties um your um rope um mm. you know your um your plastic plant labels all of these degrade due to the sunshine Mm. due to mechanical forces in nature such as rain and wind Mm. and in the ocean waves and tyre cars, anything that's, you know, that mechanically, you know, we all know plastic can degrade. Even though we Mm. say it lasts forever, it doesn't. But um, so um, anything that you think, you know, that's in your, you know, like um, plastic buckets, um, plastic watering cans, all of these can be replaced with a better material such as metal such as wood replacing our plastic tap fittings um with oh, there's with a metal, lot of those isn't there <laughs> metal fittings um, our PVC um, hoses are best to be replaced with what they call drinking hoses, which are 100% rubber. Which is what used to be. You know, you, we used to make plastic out of the you know the sap from rubber trees.
0: So much to think about. I there mean, is. you've hit on a few things that yeah. I like. A bucket, for example.
8: Yeah. Yeah. It will I'm eventually degrade. Well, yeah. they
0: crack first, they or crack. they get a hole in them, and. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. All right, we better go to Netherlands. We've had uh, very patient Kathy on the line. Thank you for waiting, Kathy.
4: Oh, good morning, girls. Um, I'm just was, had a little suggestion. Um, I love walking in the bush and I love searching for um, the native native orchids, really. Mm. And um, so I always have a, a microscope. You know, little little handheld microscope in my back pocket. Ooh. And um, when you were talking about just taking that moment and, and getting right down and having a look, honestly it's the best thing because uh, it's just breathtaking what you find when you look at a plant through a micro- a little handheld microscope. Tell me, Cathy, uh, what, what, what is the
1: microscope you're talking about?
4: Well, it's, I mean, it's just a little... Magnifying glass, not a
0: microscope. Oh, oh I was going to say well, we've got yeah. these visions of a <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no magnifying glass. glass.
4: Six dollars at the at the newsagent, you know. Yeah, just have it in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, and even just around your own home garden, um, it's it is amazing to look at the most simple plant that you just pass by every day. Yes, really look into it closely the and detail. Um, yes, it is it is beautiful, and um, there are some also so many fantastic places in the metropolitan area and. Um um wireless hill is is a fabulous yeah. place to go walking because the paths are good, and there are so many orchids and things from now on that are just really right at you right there you know you don't even have to almost bend down for some of them they're so beautiful and and close and and tall um so yes, that was just my contribution to magnifying glass thank oh, you. oh thank you yes
1: you you're so right. You know, when I go out, I in my pockets, I've got my phone. I've got my magnifying glass, which has got a little ruler on it, so I can put that down and put it in the photo for scale. Um, mm. I've got a compact mirror that I slip under a little mushroom to photograph mm. the gills underneath without disturbing the mushroom.
4: Fantastic yeah. idea.
1: <laughs> and, yes, Wireless Hill is amazing. And to think, you know, if you go up there, you see the bush... The way it was, Ray, when we were children, mm, how it should be. It, mm. There's kangaroo paws and there's mm. orchids, and they're abundant. And this was, every suburb had mm. bush like that. It did. Yeah, just let's go and remember what it was like. And I <laughs> actually have brought an article in, from a book, about a special lady from over a hundred
0: years ago that I will share later. But I know we must move on, Ray. Thank you, Kathy, and, uh, yeah, happy happy e- exploring and uh, appreciate your, your tip for the listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. you. Cheers for that. All right. We do need to have a short break. We'll be back in a moment, 9484-1927.
9: Curtain Radio.
0: Thank you for your company this morning. You're with Let's Talk Gardening, special guest in the studio with us, Joe Bussell. And we'll be speaking to Anne Oh actually I don't know if we are speaking to Anne. I think it's a comment, is it, um, Catherine? Just a comment. Okay. Anne from Beachborough is saying that hospitals do not have recycle bins in cafeterias and retail shops still use plastic bags.
1: Yeah. So but we what we can do here today is we can acknowledge where mm. there are problems. Raising awareness is probably the first step. Yeah, absolutely. Realizing. It's to understand
8: the problem. And yep. the, and also it's really important is to not feel guilty. Um, we're all just realizing someone like myself who's been on this ride for a while, I still look around my house and uh, you know, plastic is unavoidable. Mm. We get plastic in our postage, we get plastic everywhere. Um but the thing is that there's a you know a wonderful little saying about plastic as well is that um we always say um, you know we don't need um you know a few people doing it perfectly we need everybody to be doing it imperfectly Yeah so it's just to have a go and plastic free July is a great forum just to think of one thing and make that change Make that
0: change yeah exactly yeah. and if everyone does it So then, with it's the- then it's massive coffee
8: cups if people have them oh, they yeah. can plant them they they can, but the thing is, is that the reason why they're not recyclable is that they're made from plastic, mm. and they're made from a plastic called LDPE, which is number four. And like, so the way plastic is made, there's like resin identification codes, and there's uh, and you will see them on the bottom of like your meat trays of like any mm. plastic packaging. And the idea is to show how that manufacturer has made that plastic and what exactly is in it. Is it crude oil? Is it natural gas? It All of it determines on how it can be recycled again. Um, and But what you find is that there's only um, three out of the seven that we know that are recyclable. And that's wow. something to know about. Mm. And a lot of it is because like the plastic cut, the coffee cups, the way they've been made, they do have some paper, yeah. but they've got like a plastic lining adhered to it, and anything that is adhered to various different types of plastic, it's you can't take it off. It's very hard. So even putting that plastic cup in your into your soil, you're actually putting in degraded plastic mm. over time, and you're adding plastic to your soil. So and this so is so we a, won't do that. So we don't do, and so this is a new mm. thinking. Before it was all about reuse. We we learnt the reuse um, reduce, reduce, reuse and recycle. That's what we learnt in in high you know, in in school. Hmm. But now there's actually eight Rs. And and so the eight Rs sorry, I've just lost my so the eight Rs now are um, the first thing is refuse. Um, the second thing is I'm just trying to find it. Where is it? Um, I think it was
1: right down the bottom.
8: Sorry. So yeah. So um. So we're rethinking. Um. We're reusing. We're reducing. We're re- um, refurbishing. We're repairing. We're mm. repurposing. Mm. And now the last thing we do is recycle, because only nine point four percent of plastic in Australia is currently recycled. So the best thing is is to first of all just you know rethink it really. So and we then we have a coffee cup. We can replace that with a keep cup exactly, okay, and Step and one. also a thing for the garden again, because we we want to reduce the plastic in our soil is um we used to use a lot of the polystyrene boxes, you know. Again, I mean, it's a fabulous idea for worm farms. It really is awesome. But the fact is is that they're going to degrade and they're going to blow around in the environment. So oh, really yeah. Shocking It's things. best to not use those. Mm, you know, okay. It's to look at something that's going to be compostable. So the headspace is when you're buying something to put in your garden, such as trellising, use jute. Use the, glass, um, the grass fibres, you know, coconut fibres. They're all antibacterial as well, as opposed to plastic, which you know allows um, fats to to bead and, and microbes to build up. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that is compostable is what you you know you want to put, add to your garden. So going yeah. back to nature, going back to the way it used to be. Yes. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh, I I would hope
1: to leave the world in a better place, but as time goes on, <laughs> I fear it's running out.
8: I think that we'll get there. I think, you know, we're, we're very clever people. We created plastic, <laughs> mm. you know, so, and so now is the time that we need to get, you know, um, the research directed into, for one, how to recover the plastic and pull it out of the environment, mm. two, to replace it, because we, we need these hard-wearing plastics. And also, we need some massive governance around it. We need to know where those plastic manufacturing streams are. are you know, the plastic waste is going. We, yes, we need. You know, we need to take people to account for it. Mm. And ideally, as consumers, we, a lot of it's taken out of our hands. We want mm. um, plastic packaging, or we not plastic. We want packaging that is compostable. So mm. a
1: lot of a lot of the plastics used in gardening are pots aren't they we go and yeah, we buy yeah. pot pot plants they're nearly always in plastic
6: yeah
8: how that's right. how okay. where do we
0: start with that one All right. i need to go to the news <laughs> but hold that thought we'll be back after the <laughs> nine o'clock news guys We've jumped up to 15 degrees at the moment. We are heading for a maximum today of 17 with a shower or two. And the minimum overnight will be 11. Tomorrow, a shower or two with a maximum of 19. And for Monday, the minimum overnight will be 13. Showers will be increasing. It will be windy. The maximum will be 20. And our rainfall... For July so far, 214.4 mils. The average is 124.5. So that gives you some idea of just how soggy things have been out there in July. 214.4 mils. Yay.
1: Excellent. It is
0: excellent news. I mean, it's been hard for us, of course. It is just from, but we we suck it up. We suck it up. And uh, it's, uh, it's. I know I put something, a post on the, the Curtain Radio facebook page and said you know when does it stop being good for the garden you know people are drowning out there you know it's quite funny but it's been a little bit like that but
1: it's a boot and umbrella sort of weather yeah Mm. it's all good carry on so yeah joe we were i asked about how people can do things better in the garden and the plastic pots what what's an alternative
8: Okay, well, an alternative is the, um, you would have seen the coir pots around these days. Yeah. Um, They're fabulous. And they do, and, you know, the wonderful thing about natural product pots is that when they do go, when they do um, decompose, they're adding nutrition to your garden. As well. Um, There is um, a a newspaper pot tool that you can buy. A newspaper pot tool? Yes, so it's a newspaper pot um, maker. And it's um, and it's a tool that we used to have in our gardens years ago, yeah, before plastic. And so it's basically um, it's about the size of a, um, a wine bottle. You can also use a wine bottle for this. Um, but what you do is you just wrap a bit of newspaper around it. Mm-hmm. Um, the newspaper pot maker has what they call a tamper. And so you fold in the edges and then you push that up against the base and you squeeze it and it, makes, and it squeezes and creates a compression to make a pot. Then you can just put soil in it, you can plant your seeds in it. And it's oh. also a great way to, fare, um, to share seedlings at fairs or to give them away when you've got a glut in your garden. Yeah. Um, with the plastic pots, um, a great place to take them for recycling is claw. And claws in um, Welshpool. Okay, how do we spell that? C L A W.
0: Oh, okay, as in claw. As okay. in claw. And they're in Welshpool.
8: And that, and they're in Welshpool. And they take, and we were talking about the um, the resin identification codes, mm. and they take um, codes two, five, and six, which are um, are generally pretty hard to recycle, especially the polystyrene. So any of the expanded polystyrene, such as those that you get in the food trays, you know, the meat trays, veggie boxes, insulation, white, you know, white goods packaging, when you can get your, new, you know, TV, mm. um, they take all of that. But they also take the, the garden pots, um, and so um, so polypropylene. That's what our garden pots are generally made out yeah, of, is it? And, okay. and they've come from natural gas. Okay. Um, yeah, so... That's good to know. Also with the um, the pots, um, if you're raising... Um, you can also get some um, nice little wood fibre pots as well. Yeah. Um, you can... When you, I mean, a really good thing is instead of buying plants, is actually to grow, you know, via seed. I know that's, you know, sometimes tricky, but it is a, you know, a good skill to know. It's money saving and too. And it's money saving, mm. absolutely. And so, um, when you're growing from seed, you can grow um, using a system with a, um, a a seedling flat, and a seedling flat is literally just a box, and it's about I know, three to four inches in height. You've got enough um, soil in there to be able to um, grow a seed to a decent-sized seedling before you transplant it into your garden bed. Mm. A seedling flat. I've never it's heard called of a this. a seedling flat. And once again, it was how we used to grow food. Mm. And it's like a, they now call it bio-intensive gardening because like what you would do, like, you know, years ago when we didn't have, you know, we, we weren't buying them in punnets, um, we would... Um, You know, you'd save your seeds, you have your spinach, your lettuce or, you know, your your favourite seeds, but you'd put them all out in the seedling flat together. Um, So you know, your cauliflower, your broccoli, your lettuce, your spinach, your spring onions, and you would carry around that box. So that box would never get dry, Mm. it would come in when it's too cold, it would come in when it's too hot, it would go out to get some sun, and you would baby your seedlings to ensure you had a good crop. Mm. Um, And it's a good way to see succession as well, you know, like for succession. So, as they're getting bigger, better, bigger, put some out into your garden, you know, um, and then they'll keep getting, you know, they won't get as big in the seedling flat. So, you don't get the glut. You can have Mm. that transition of seedlings. So,
0: um, Keith of Mundari phoned in and he says some shops only put coffee in paper cups and they should go back to proper cups. So he must mean for in, in dining, uh, every little bit helps. And he also said that uh, Faye, he has rung previously about his wisteria, and that's doing really well, thanks to your advice <laughs> about pruning it. Excellent. And we're certainly open for gardening calls this morning, 94841927. Thank you.
1: And another alternative for growing seedlings yes. that we talked about in the break was uh, using an egg carton. Mm. Just, just for the short term, yep. uh, when it gets a little bit bigger, you plant it out in the garden and the air carton breaks down. Now, something I just remembered when you were talking about the seedling flat was a worm casting blocker. And you you actually used your own compost or worm castings and it makes blocks and you can plant your seeds into that. Beautiful. And that goes into the garden. Yeah,
8: and also worm castings are a is a fabulous um, seed raising mix addition. Mm. You know, just because it's that biodiversity of a whole lot of different minerals and oh gosh, you know, enzymes and all that sort of loveliness. But, but also a good thing to think about too is while we're talking about the worm farm, is to um, to look at what you're buying in plastic, such as if you're buying fertilisers in plastic, it's a really good idea to make your own, and it's a lot. Easier than you think. So, for example, using a worm farm, you're getting the leachate from a worm farm and from a Bakashi bin. That's two mm-hmm. different easy ways to, you know, to compost. You get the juice, you dilute it, and you can use it as a, a fertilizer. Um, same with um, the mass that comes out of both of those two systems. The worm farm has the worm castings. The um, Bakashi has this gloopy gloppy fermented mess but when it gets into the soil and you bury it on you know into the soil it becomes a highly nutritious humus based hmm. soil which is great for veggie gardens
1: do you know that bakashi bucket's been on my list since we last spoke <laughs> i just too. haven't been out that um, way well maybe this week ray we'll make a date go and do
0: it and we'll get
8: and, and just Bikashi. about
0: everything can go in there
8: everything yeah so from Bones yeah, to fats. I remember that. How big are they? Oils. <laughs> that's yeah. So it's a two-bin system, 19 liters, and so well, oh, 19. So that's two
1: bucket sizes.
8: So two. So 19 liters is in each bucket. Mm. It's a two-bin system. You work on one, fill it up, put it to the side to allow the fermentation process to complete. Fill up the second one, then bury the first. Mm. Yeah, and um, yeah, and it's, it, it's in the ground, it takes about three to four weeks. Um, to become that lovely pH neutral soil. So, how
0: long does it take for a bone to Well Well, you decompose.
8: would never put the only. There's two things that you don't put in a bokashi bin, and one is a really big bone, no. and the other one is a whole lot of oil, and it's oh. just because it's too much of one thing. Mm. So, um, the bone, a big bone, I would just bury in the. In so you the, mean, like
0: for example, like a chop bone I, or something? It would, okay. it would
8: take three. Well, it would take um, about four weeks. Is that a But, or, but yeah. If you
1: were to boil your bones, for example, make a bone broth, you could then like get more value from the bones. But then put your bones in the oven when you're cooking something else, and they will break down and become more powdery.
8: Wow! So you can so be a lot quicker. Yes. Yeah, that's a great idea. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Full of great (laughs) ideas.
9: Mm.
1: I'm sure some of our listeners out there have got great tips about how how and what they do and we'd love to hear from them. We're- it's like we're sitting here all by ourselves.
0: <laughs> well, I think I will give away our $75 gift voucher from the lovely Kerry at Bigger Trees Nursery in Pickering Brook. Now, you must not have won a prize in the last 28 days on the station and you need to be a Curtain FM member and give your details to Catherine. Now, here is the question. For those who remember the old TV Western Bonanza, what was the name of the Cartwright's ranch? And what was it named after? So this is Clever John, a two-pronged question. For those who remember the old TV Western Bonanza, and we do remember it, what was the name of the Cartwright's Ranch and what was it named after? Give Catherine a call on 94841927 if you'd like to win $75 voucher to go shopping up there at Bigger Trees Nursery. And I was liaising with Kerry during the week and uh, all of their bare-rooted stock is now... Uh, ready to roll it's all been potted up and because there's so much so much new stock that has arrived she is clearing some of her larger displayed stock as well so could get yourself a bargain or three up there at the moment uh lots of winter color happening fabulous home of the frangipani everything that you can imagine up at bigger trees well worth going and taking a look and thank you very much kerry for the 75 dollar voucher each week on the gardening show and I can see a couple of lines there. So, yes, there is, there is human life out there. Oh, oh, oh they're, all, they're all on the phone now. So, there you go. Well done. Cheeky you've, things. you got them started.
1: Now, Ray, I'm just going to tackle a couple of emails. Yes, please. This one came in from Bev in 2J, and she has an anthurium. She's wondering what quitters have gotten into it and what, what to do to give it a bit of love. Uh, it looks to me hmm. a, a little bit fungal. Mm -hmm. But with the weather this time of year, I think it's probably related to the cold. So I would just baby it, make sure it doesn't get too much water, put it in a warmish environment under a patio. Mm. But I I suspect it's brought on by the cold and I think it will likely correct itself. itself. So I wouldn't be too worried about that. Daniela has uh, sent in a photo of a eucalypt that we had been talking about before oh, we went yes, on the break yes, yes. and it had the silver foliage and a beautiful what I would call lemon sherbet flower mm. and she thinks that it is a eucalyptus woodwardii
6: mm. and it
1: looks quite similar so Does? i I pretty sure that she's on the mark there so that's really good to know. So thank you Daniela, we mm. appreciate that a lot. And this morning we have received an email from Ruth. In Hillary's and she's got some pots that she would like to plant up with something that will withstand the northwest location they'll get hot Sun most of the day in summer but she wants to soften the harsh fence well Ruth you know when I look at those pots hanging on the fence not only will they get the harsh summer Sun but they will get the reflective heat from the fence and there is not a lot of room in the pots or not a lot of insulation to to help them out. But my first thought was cactus or succulent, but it really is extreme conditions, so it's not ideal. But what I did wonder about was if you were to fill them up with water and perhaps put in some water plants. So as long as there's enough water in the reservoir, Something like kang Kong sweet potato would I suspect cope as long as it's beta wet they they really need to be a bit bigger,
0: yes, bit bigger to to do the job yeah um i think I think those pots are too small for that fence mm. yeah i I do agree I would relocate those pots elsewhere and get mm. yeah and
8: maybe put in a passion fruit.
0: Oh from the
1: ground yeah, up,
8: yeah, but if you were
1: to put some mesh along there, you could you could hang a whole lot of plants, and I think it would do better because it would buffer the the fence the, the reflective contact. heat mm. so that that's a good start. so you've got four pots there, but I would cluster them together and I would stagger them hanging on a mesh trellis. That covers the fence. So permission to go and buy another 100 more pots <laughs> and, and mesh. Yeah. Uh, and then you could you could try a range of things. I mean, even I'm finding good results with the Ripsalis out. They get a little bit of uh, protection from an overhead gum, mm. but mostly they're coping with the cold mm. and some of them are coping with the sun
7: as mm. well. Mm. It's good. So,
0: all right, we're in Munderjong saying good morning to Valerie. How are you going?
7: Oh, Good morning, girls. Mm. I'm just sorry to take up your time. It's a Not at all. Not bit a of a trivial pre- uh, question. Uh, I've been putting breaking up bark from the gum tree next door and throwing it onto the garden, and I have the white ants contractors coming, and I did ask them, if it was okay but they didn't seem to know whether Mm. it would be harmful and would create more white ants or not well
1: Uh, mm, i i've heard some people say that it will create a home for white ants mm. they white ants will naturally occur where there's old dead trunks they get in and they hide from the light so if you had a
7: problem with white
1: ants, you wouldn't want uh, no, it near the I, house.
7: I, it's not on my property. I just went and collected some. It was lying there and I thought, oh, maybe I'll put this on the, the garden. I do get um, compost, proper compost, but I just thought, oh, this seems to be a waste. Because I throw, pick up very fine uh, pieces of wood and I throw that onto the garden, dry wood. Uh, twigs, twig type things. Yes. And I thought, oh, if I put the gum on, that'll make it uh, might make good mulch. But I won't do it if if there's any um, doubt at all as to well, whether.
1: Yeah, um, white ants can get into to ordinary mulch, but white ants occur naturally mm. in in bushland and can be a problem if they get into your home. So, I mean, they they're certainly out there if they're hungry and you've got. Something that they like, and they find it, they can set up home there.
7: Yeah, I haven't had uh, a lot of trouble with white ants because I do buy my mulch from uh, Bunnings, and I um, thought, oh, if it, if there is any doubt at all, I won't put it on. But we do not have trouble because we have the contractors each year, um, so I won't put it on then if mm-hmm. there's any doubt at all. I won't put but it
1: I'm, on. I'm I'm sure there will be differing opinions in the community about mulch you know particularly from people who've had a bad experience with white ants mm. uh, and they may not use mulch on their gardens but you could think about using a living mulch which you know also if you're in Mundering, which might be Mundajong if yes. you're at risk of fire too mulch might not be an ideal solution, whereas a living mulch, so planting ground covers that are fire-retardant that go all across the ground might be a better option for you.
7: Oh, yeah, okay then. Well, I'll, I'll do, well I don't, haven't had any, any trouble uh, so far but um, with what I'm doing in the garden, but I just thought, well, I'll check with you experts <laughs> and uh, see what your opinions are on the bark.
1: Well, so, I, I use mulch in my gardens, uh, not as much as I used to, but I still would.
7: Yeah, and I I'd, I'd do, and I think it's a good idea, what you're saying though, is to put a ground cover mm. Uh because you can get some very nice ground cupboards yes, now you that
0: can. Look,
1: look very
7: attractive, yeah. yeah. All
1: right, permission to go shopping, Valerie. <laughs> okay.
7: bye, girls. All right, See bye. See
0: you, Valerie. Bye. bye. Okay, now we do have a prize winner, Louise Uh, Congrats and uh, thanks for playing with us. And after the break, I'll give you the answer to the question. Curtain Radio Twenty-five minutes after nine, you are tuned into Let's Talk Gardening with Ray and Faye and our special guest in the studio, Joe Bustle, Compost Queen from Urban Revolution, and we are talking about better ways to better 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 ways to. What's how can I explain it, girls? Reduce our yeah. plastic, but
1: footprint. Our footprint yeah. and our effect on the the earth, yeah. the planet. That's okay.
0: Right. All right. Now. Um, we gave the question for the Bigotry voucher, uh, which was, for those who remember the old TV Western Bonanza, what was the name of the Cartwright's ranch and what was it named after? The answer is the Ponderosa, named after the Ponderosa pine tree. Okay, so uh, congratulations uh, to our winner. And uh, John tells me it's the most widely distributed pine species in North America. So John finds us these curly questions each week, but our listeners, of course, are very, very clever. And it's a little bit nostalgic, too, going back to the days of Bonanza. Do you remember that one, I TV? do. I grew da, up da, watching Bonanza.
9: Yeah.
0: I think we all. Okay.
1: How times have changed,
0: haven't they? Very much so. <laughs> no, okay, and Okay, carry on. Okay, where are where are we up to? What's... I was going to ask, actually, I do have this information uh, for you, Joe, about your upcoming community event, Urban Revolution, on Saturday the 31st of July. It's on from 10.30 to 2.30. Can you give us just a few details of what that's about for listeners if they'd like to attend?
8: Well, it's um, 31st of July. It's the last day of Plastic Free July. Yeah. And so we've been doing quite a few promotions over throughout July about how you can um you know about the replacements you know that we can um replace everyday plastic products for something that is made from a better material such as metal wood glass you know gra- um you know mm. fibers you mm. know plant fibers um, and so what we're doing is we're having a bit of a celebration. We're offering 10% off pretty much store-wide off, off of our products as far as – because it's all plastic-free, mm. the majority of our products. Mm. Um, and we're going to be having some – you know, there's some beautiful Fremantle-made um, RuGenix teas, which are, is a, um, an indigenous company – um, and, and we're using indigenous um, plants in their teas mm. lots of lemon myrtle really nice really beautiful teas um, and um, and we're just going to be talking about plastic free options talking about composting anything really anyone has an opportunity you know you have an opportunity to talk would be, to be really chef. good
0: to get along to very very interesting and that will be located at where
8: so we're at um out in albany highway vic park so 284 albany highway vic park and it's Towards where John Hughes is. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> near the causeway.
1: Okay,
0: that yeah. end. Okay, yeah. that that's helpful. Yeah.
1: And
8: and that's called urban revolution. What a great name. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's about the changes that we need, and and I guess what our focus is in how we can live in a city in urban environments and make the least impact. Hmm. So it's a purpose based business to actually um, look at our waste. And instead of creating waste, we can actually nourish the bit of land that we're on.
0: Love it. All right. We're in Cardinia. We're talking about kumquat. Betty, good morning.
9: Good morning, Fee Yes, the kumquat. (laughs) Yes, Betty. How can we help? Well, my daughter has one. She's had it for two and a half years. Now, the leaves have gone yellow and she's had two uh, four sorry kumquats last year and there's one hanging in there this year what do we need to feed on or do with it
1: uh, i would recommend a citrus fertilizer you can you can she's get that on
9: yes she's done that
1: okay um being in a pot Does it in the ground, dear? Oh, it's in the ground. Okay. Yes. Just give it a bit of love. You could give it a little. You could give it a trim now when that last kumquat comes off. That will encourage more growth. Uh, Continue feeding. I would say probably three times a year, and I'm channeling Chris Oliver here because he would even encourage you to give it an organic fertilizer in winter. Not too much, but just enough to keep it growing. And um, mulch because citrus trees yeah. are very shallow rooted. Two and a half oh. years is quite a young tree. So it's two and a half still young, is it? Yes, yes. Oh, Often, no. you know, it's three to five years before you'll get good crop, crops of fruit.
9: Oh, right, okay. I will tell her that three to five years. And if, what about that compost, that feeding you were telling me about the
1: an organic fertilizer yeah, yeah, and and yeah. or compost. And then uh-huh. a layer of mulch so that the roots are protected.
9: All right. Now, also, can you just tell me what about some maximum soils?
1: Well, I'm not keen no. on giving plants just one thing. That's why I like a complete fertilizer designed for flowering and fruiting plants because it will have all the macronutrients as well uh-huh. as trace elements. So you, you're giving okay. your plant a complete food. It's like us just having wheat beaks. You know, you you oh, want right, your, fruit, your fruit, vegetables, okay. your vegetables, your milk products, your protein. You need right. a balanced diet.
9: So a good if she tells the garden centre they'll give her a recommend a good uh, fertiliser, will they? Yes. Okay. Thank you girls. Alright. Thanks Betty. Yeah. Thank you very much. Bye dear. Bye.
0: Bye for now. Now we're going to Mundaring, and Dorothy, how are you?
2: I'm good, thank you. Uh, enjoying the show. Thank Great. you. And uh, I really like recycling, and uh, I drink wine, and the metal caps, I don't know what to do with them. I've got a bag full of them.
1: Oh, good question. Go, Joe.
8: Okay, well, like all of our waste, have little collection for it. So, um, you know a good way to set up your home these days is to have a box for everything that yeah, you don't yeah. know what to do with with waste, and one of those is the you know the um the wine bottle tops um What you can do is to um get a knife and flick out the plastic that sits on the top of them
0: in the base yeah yeah, the, yeah on the, the base, base yeah. and
8: um unfortunately, that has to go into the landfill bin there's nowhere for that to go um yeah. and then but the actual um top what you do is that you get a um a steel can um, yeah. and you put all of them in the steel can and you squeeze the can together so they don't come out. So that means that when that steel can is pulled out, it's got steel in it. Um, um, if they're aluminium tops, um, you put them in an aluminium can um, and it just means that if they if you put them in individually, they um, muck around with the, the wheels on the recycling conveyor belts or they yeah. fall through, so you want to All put right. them into something big that someone's hand can actually pick up.
1: Okay. Yeah. So
8: yeah. On that point, I guess if they
1: are aluminium, one way yeah. that you recycle your alfoil is yep. to roll it into a ball. Yeah. So it's yeah. about you can't can just do put do that. It, Yeah. You can't just put it in the bin because they're too small to, to be acknowledged. Away. They've got yeah. to be yeah. a size.
8: That's right. That's okay. Yeah. 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 And yeah, just make sure it's secure. So seal up the can,
2: okay. squeeze it. Yeah, oh, that, that's great. Thank you very
8: much. And and what about plastic caps to get off bottles? Is there anything to do with those? Um, claw will take them at the moment. Um, there's um, Green Batch used to take them, but they've currently um, they're folded at the moment. Um, okay. But the main one is Claw or there's different schools are collecting them. So you can have a look at your local schools because they will collect them for um, prosthetic limbs and there's other collections that are going around as well where the schools can make some money from them. And what about the
2: the metal caps off bottles? You know, like you've got um, a curry bottle and you've got the metal cap. um,
0: Like a jar. A jar, yeah. Yeah.
8: Yeah, those metal caps would be in the same way as the wine. Um, They're pretty tricky to get the plastic off. And, you know, and ideally also with those, um, you know, those metal can on the glass jars, I guess it's generally best to keep it with the glass jar and try to give the glass jar away or repurpose the glass jar. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, people make
1: jams. Make jams, Dorothy. <laughs> I'm,
2: not, I'm not really into making jams. I'm, I All make right. meals for the grandchildren, so I have got time for jam. Okay. <laughs> so, Claw, this Claw, will, will I get the address from Yes, somewhere? I can
8: tell you that address. Um, and they're in Welshpool? They're in Welshpool. They're on 5 Forge Street, F O R G E, in Welshpool.
2: 5 Forge Street in Welshpool.
8: Right. Thank you very much. Good
0: luck. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Okay. All right. Carry on. We seem to have a little bit of time.
7: Hmm.
1: Now, last night I was at a Wildflower Society meeting and I heard something really interesting. A lady there by the name of Penny talked about what was part of the quiz that they ran at the opening of the meeting. And she talked about this lady who was very important and she used to do drawings or paintings of flowers. Her name was Emily Harriet Pellow, and she lived from 1878 to 1941. She wrote a book, it's called A Story of 100 Years. So this year the book is 100 years old. Mm. Now, I won't read you all of an excerpt, but I will read something that I found very touching she wrote many volumes would be necessary to do full justice with pen and pencil to the richness and variety of west australian fauna flora pronounced by many competent authorities to be the loveliest in the world a hundred years hence when western australia is celebrating her bicentenary many of the plants now familiar to most inhabitants of the state may be known only by name through the records industriously compiled since the earliest day of British settlement. Now, remembering that this was written one hundred years ago for the bicentenary, so as time marches on, we we now are a hundred years on. Hmm. The Eastern Wheat Belt sand plains, for instance, sole habitat of hundreds of precious species are fast being devastated without reserve in the interest of agriculture. It may be that in 2029, regret will be expressed that so little effort was made as far back as 1929 to ensure the preservation of the rare and beautiful flora. Mm. To deny future generations the right to enjoy its wonders is to deserve the censure of the unborn.
7: Mm.
1: And I found that very touching, that 100 Mm. years ago, because, you know, I drive down the freeway and look at how the the paddocks are cleared and wondered Mm. what it would have been like 100 years ago Yeah, and what we're losing, and we're still losing. Correct. And I, I do hope that there might be change and a turnaround that, our flora may be appreciated, and that it will still be here. Mm. What what we have now will still be here in a hundred years.
0: Mm. Like so I, it very much. I
1: wanted to share. I don't no, know that you. I've done justice to um, this lady, but I did want to put it out there and, and bring foresight. it into the fore.
0: Yeah. No. Thank you very much. Now we're also wanting to know how to spell the name of the compost bin that you talk about, because it is a.
8: Bokashi. Oh, the Bokashi yeah. bin. Yes. How do you, how do you spell it? It's B O K A S H I.
0: Bokashi. Okay. Bokashi. Yes. Bokashi. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. 94841927.
1: 20 minutes left of the show. What what are we going to talk about now? What have you got anything else?
8: Well, that's I guess important? recycling. In, you know, in the garden like we all um, one thing that we can reduce waste on is to make our own compost so mm. we're not bringing in the plastic bags and also um, there has been some recent studies that show that some compost does have um, plastic in it that we're bringing into our gardens and so it's important to look at where you're getting your compost from And um, in Perth, there, you know, I I don't know—is it okay to give a a name? But Green Life Soil Company is a company that do um, make their own um, soil. It's certified organic, so it's it's, and you can actually go and speak to them and just see where their inputs are from. So Mm -hmm. it's good to start questioning your composting inputs. Also, with the compost bags, um, if you want to recycle them, you rinse them out and you um, cut them into A3 size pieces and then you put them in, um, to Red Cycle. And mm. so Red Cycle is where all of our soft plastics go now. Um, you don't put them into the um, yellow bin at all. You always put them into a separate bag. And when you go shopping at Woolies or Coles, you take them and put them into their um, collection um, bins there. So when you recycle in your home, how many bins have you got? Um I have a bin well so we have our composting for our green waste um so that's outside in a in a bay we have um our um bin and our um laundry which is goes into our composting as well that's all our carbon bits and bobs mm. um and also we have things like for you know for for lids from different types of you know like wine bottles or um, you know, all the different types of bottles that you do um collect lids from. We have the plastic tags. Mm. Um so really anything plastic we collect. Um and So yeah. about
1: half a dozen different Oh boxes. easily. And yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Ten? Probably
8: about ten. Okay. Yeah. Ten in your pantry ones around the place. Or just one's in the laundry. Oh, yeah, one's in the laundry. Oh, yeah. Um I'm not lucky enough to have a walk in pantry. If I did I would probably keep <laughs> you would use there. that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. But yeah, just somewhere I mean, I think it's an everyday occurrence now. Mm, so on mm. my kitchen bin is my Pikachu bin, my yeah. worm bucket, the um chook bucket and then in the actual kitchen areas, also all these collection bins which we try to make us look as nice as possible. Yeah, you know, And then always the last thing that you want to do is to add to your recycle bin which goes against everything we've been taught. So now everything is just Try to refuse it Hmm. um, and come up with a replacement. And there are replacements. This is one thing we've learnt on this journey. For anything that Hmm. um, you have that is plastic, there is a non-plastic replacement.
0: alternative. Yeah. Okay. All right. We will be back in a moment. Thank you for your company this morning. We're heading straight out to the lines. We're in Bellagera saying hello to Wendy. Good morning. Morning, Wendy. Hello. Hey. Wendy, are you there? Okay. It's not, I, I'm getting a finger signs from Catherine. I'm not quite sure. So right. I, I might have to... So. Ha- ha- line two, apparently. Okay. Wendy, Hello. how are you?
3: Oh, I'm good, thank you. <laughs> um, well, not so good. I'm very croaky. Unfortunately, I've had a cold. Yes. Can I um, relate to that? <clears throat> Um, I'm redoing a a garden bed outside my kitchen window, and I want to plant natives into there. Um, I've taken everything out that was in there before, which was things like geraniums and stuff like that. I've still got a um, a leucocephala euphorbia snowflake tree in one corner and uh, a trellis on the other side with um, stephanotis and um, jasmine growing on it. Um, but the rest is bare, and I was wondering what preparation I should do to plant some uh, some natives in there. I want things like ground cover, grevilleas, and and um, maybe westringes and things like that in there.
1: Mm, okay, uh, bella jura, you've got. Pretty sandy soil. Is I've it? Put uh, a,
3: I've put quite a lot into that into that garden, and, and it has been mulched and everything in the past. But I just think it maybe it needs something, a bit of judging up right now.
1: Probably not, Wendy, because most okay. of the natives don't actually need a great deal.
3: That's what I thought. Yes. Yeah. So okay.
1: um, I would just look for natives that have a similar water tolerance yep. as what you've already got in that bed.
3: I've got nothing in there at the moment except a few, few um irises that are still there and as I say this um that's in the corner. Right. Nothing else in the yeah. bed at all.
1: As as far as soil preparation goes, I I don't think you need to do any more than what you've already done. Um okay. the native plants are pretty tolerant of sandy soils um uh-huh. but they will they won't mind some addition and and since you've already grown things in there and taken them out It's probably going to be all right. Just make sure that it does hold water. Um, So I I, I would dig a hole, fill it up with water and just see that it drains away and has got good drainage because they won't like to be waterlogged.
3: (laughs) It's waterlogged at the moment, that's
6: for sure. Oh, yes, aren't we all?
1: But our sands, (laughs) our soils are very good for drainage. So the water often doesn't hang around unless you've...
0: Well, hangs okay. around Unless in my garden because I've got clay. I put yeah, clay
1: okay.
3: down. Oh, all right. uh, yeah. yep. Is it
1: draining though, Ray, or is it? Yeah, it's it draining, but the ground's... Draining, okay. I mean, it's present. very,
3: very wet at the moment. It's a bit, bit hard to tell, but it doesn't seem to sit there. Yeah.
0: Mm.
1: All right. Mm. I don't think you have to do much, Wendy.
3: Fantastic. Thank you very much. Go shopping.
1: And now's a great <laughs> time to is plant. It, when it
3: stops down while well raining. <laughs> yeah.
1: Take your umbrella.
3: <laughs> yeah, when you've been in, uh, sick with a cold, you don't feel like. No,
1: it that's yeah, right. No, you I have know. to stay home till you're better. Sorry, keep warm. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Okay, yeah. yeah. Now's a great time for planning, actually.
0: Yeah, it is for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. For your
2: thank, thank, you. thank you. Cheers for okay. that. Bye. Uh,
0: and well, actually, I was in um, one of the nurseries last night, about five, five thirty, six o'clock. I like to go at obscure hours, less people. I'm easy around. I have a. Have a, Until I can't see anymore, of course, have a great time. But there's some really interesting uh, uh, plants all about. Yeah, very, nice. very nice. Well, and there's nice lots of flower shop. at the moment. Yeah, absolutely.
1: aloes Allo, are just going crazy and the birds are absolutely loving them.
0: Yeah, don't they just? Okay, we're heading to... Let me see. This is all a very tricky Catherine Clinton. We, we'll go to line one. Linda, good morning.
2: Oh, good morning. Um, I'd like to ask your guest, I don't know whether it's been mentioned, about the um, um, alternative milk cartons or long-life cartons. What, some places take them in the recycle bin, other places don't. I'd like to know what to do with them.
8: Yeah, the fact is they're another tough one because mm-hmm. they're that same, um, you know, plastic adhered to cardboard such as the coffee cups. So a better unfortunately I mean even though the cardboard sounds like a better choice the better choice is the plastic because it's a um it's a a resin type 2 which um can be recycled as long as it reaches the right place <laughs> but and and so the right place would be to take it to claw um you know and the fact is I guess for everyone to understand is that if the best way you're going to get your recycling done is to take it to a place that specifically does it even putting it in the yellow bin, even though it says it's going to take the type two, which you know is those um, the plastic milk um, bottles. Um, if it's contaminated, something else has contaminated it, or you know, um, you know, something has gone wrong. It's not going to get recycled. So, but those plastic bottles you can still put into the yellow top bin. By the way, um, yeah.
2: That, yeah, but in inside these recycle ones um, or these ones, they have aluminium as well inside in the lining mm.
8: yeah. uh, and then it's I think an, it's to a mess. Of that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean as soon as, and this is the problem like with things like um, chip packets, chip packets are just one of the worst things ever, I mean again drop them off at Red Cycle but the fact is is that you know they're probably not going to get recycled they're just going to go to landfill. Um, you so know, where's Red Cycle, Red,
2: what's Red Cycle? So
8: Red Cycle is an initiative, it's an, uh, um, a federal initiative and um, it takes all of the soft plastics. And a soft plastic is classified as anything that you can roll up into a ball. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And so anything like that, such as we're talking about the compost bags, plastic shopping bags. What about
0: like a, what a loaf of bread comes in?
8: Yep. Those mm. type of bags. What, what, okay. what about um, pet
2: um, biscuits, they're, they're the plastic bags that they come in? Yep.
8: They will take they're those a bit as firmer, well. But yep. you can roll them up. I would put them in there and, you know...
2: Can you can you also take them like to Coles and places like that? Yes. I've so, been
8: taking them there. So where the Red Cycle bins are, are at Woolworths and at Coles Supermarkets. Oh, okay. That's there what sh- you call... Oh, okay. Yeah. So there should okay. be a collection bin at every single one of those supermarkets.
2: Okay. Well, that's what I've been doing already. I've been doing it and I didn't know it was called Red Cycle. Right. <laughs> yes. So, but I can put the um, um, pet... Um Bags in there as well,
8: yes, you can, and okay. also oh, another good perfect. thing to put in the red cycle is your postage packaging as well, whether it 's yeah. got paper on it or not, all of that can go in there,
2: okay, okay, because I've been taking it for my daughter, they got tend to throw it out, and I've been taking them put them in the red cycle as well,' because I thought, well that's plastic, yes, so um yeah, also awesome. also, I wanted to just say when I was growing up in South Perth before they had the South Perth Civic Center. It was a, um, a wildflower sort of or native reserve, well, not reserve, but it was reserved, I suppose, to build that um, centre. And there were lovely lots of um, native plants there that I actually took, ha- took a few little plants home and I actually pressed them. And I don't know whether I've got them in my whatever, but there were like star of Bethlehem and all sorts oh, of things wow. there that mm. were in South Perth. Yeah. Oh, and you know what at our garden
1: club meeting last weekend, we heard from a historian from the city of South Perth about yeah. the area of South Perth and the the market gardens before they mm. reclaimed the land and the history and about the pandemic that came through of oh, was it a flu or something. But in those days, people lived in tents they didn't travel like we do now. And, so of course, been, here we are yeah. talking about COVID, like it's the first we've ever, ever experienced, but it's because we've transported mm. it all around the world. Anyway,
2: mm. Mm. <laughs> thank you, Linda. Anyway, thank you very much for your very informative um, segment there. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Cheers. Take right, care. Right. Bye. Thanks. Bye for now. Thank you very much. Bye. Right. I have to have a little break. When we return, we're chatting with Carol and Pam. Kitchen
3: radio
0: in Perth. About six minutes left of Let's Talk Gardening this morning. We're going straight out to the lines. Now, we're in Hamilton Hill. Hi, Pam. How's it going?
3: Oh, hi there. Good. Thank you. Um, Lots of really useful information on recycling, but my head can't retain it all. Yeah. (laughs) So, is it being written down somewhere? All of these places I can go to with the different things that need to be recycled.
0: So, we have a podcast as well. Uh, yeah. on our website that you can certainly go to and re-listen to the program if you like. And also, obviously, I'll let Joe answer that as well um, as to where they can get more information.
8: Yeah. Um There's, there's some fabulous places in Perth now. We do have a government um, app. It's called recycleright.wa.gov.au. And... So that's right as an R-I-G-H-T, not the other sort. Recycle Right. Right, as in R I G H T. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yes. Can you repeat that? Please. Recycle right at recycleright.dot.wa.dot.gov.gov.dot.au. And on that yes. app, they have you know that they you know you d- you put in what type of bin system you have, as in where you are in WA, mm. and um, and then you can also search on um, the material that you're trying to recycle.
9: Yeah,
8: okay. Um, and, all right. And Claw is very good. Claw oh. is um, you yeah. can ring them at any time and, and ask them if they actually will take the waste that you want to recycle. Mm-hmm. And then Red Cycle and the Yellow Bin, that's pretty much you know, the four main ones to know about.
3: Yeah, okay. All
8: right. So just to repeat that email or that website, uh, recycle at, uh, dot right
3: at wa dot gov, and I missed the last bit. dot a- au.
8: Yeah. dot okay. au, and, yeah, and okay. another place also is our website <laughs> at urbanrevolution.com.au. dot au. We have a lot of this information, or you can just come in and talk to us. We talk about this, every, you know, all day every day. So, where are you then? In um, Victoria Park on Albany Highway. Yeah, specifically uh, like. Yeah, oh, so if I, I would come in. I'd like to come in. So exactly whereabouts in Vic Park? Um, Near the causeway, um, 284 Albany Highway. 284, that's handy. Albany, Halber, Albany Highway,
3: Vic Park. That's good. I'll, I'll do that, actually. Thank
8: you. Okay, um, we've got to yeah, move on,
0: love. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers for Thanks. that. Bye for now. All right, now we're in Coogee chatting with Carol. Thanks for waiting.
7: That's all right. Very quick question. Is there a gardening club in the Spearwood Fremantle area? Uh, well, the or, you
1: know. there's a geranium society that meet in Melville. The Perth Garden Club meets at various locations on a Sunday afternoon across Perth. Uh, so it's not always in, a, in the same area. Yeah. It's in, in someone's garden usually.
7: Yep.
1: Uh, a garden club. I would have to look that up, but I tell you where the best place to go would be the Horticultural Council website because they have a list of all the garden clubs.
7: Yeah, I, I did go online, but it was to no avail because there wasn't anything. The reason why I want—I just want to learn how to graft.
1: Oh, grafting! All right. Um, do you have access to the internet?
7: Yep. Okay.
1: Um I know that some places will do grafting workshops. There is a there is a couple of Facebook groups. One is called Hedge which is homesteading and edible gardening. And they cover all things to do with with gardening and edible trees and plants etc. Okay. and yeah. There are people on there that have done the grafting workshop. So, you know, you can you can look back at discussions there and also find out about future events coming up. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, grafting specifically and joining any garden club wouldn't give you grafting specialties. Uh, uh,
7: um, I want to cross-graft all my citrus trees. But the lime to the orange and the orange to the mandarin, the mandarin to the lemon and all that sort of stuff. That
1: is very specialist. So Uh, not just any garden group will give you that. Um, Okay. I'll have to get some more resources for you.
7: Okay. I will look up the uh, hedge homestead and uh, see if there's something there as
6: well.
1: And the rare fruit tree Oh, rare
6: fruit tree. Okay. Yep. They're
7: another one. Fruit Tree Club. Wonderful. Thank you kindly. You're welcome. Cheers. Bye for now.
0: Take care. Ciao. Bye-bye. And Anne-Marie phoned in and she was saying that there is a site that you can go to on Facebook called Buy Nothing, and it is area-specific. I do know of Buy Nothing. You right. can give they're, anything away. That is
8: a fabulous one to mention, yeah. Buy Nothing New. And those mm. Facebook groups are fabulous. They create community. Mm. And you'll be surprised how wonderful um, in and in such great condition things are. And it's yeah. a fabulous thing. As soon as your kids have moved out of their clothes, move them on. You yeah. know, it's These are fabulous. Really great. Yeah. yeah, As yeah. you
0: say, great community initiatives. Yeah.
1: Excellent. Okay. Are we done? What, what an eye-opener today, Joe. Thank you. Yeah. And, and, and you- I know we didn't get many calls, but I hope that we have inspired our listeners to reduce their waste and... Uh, Refuse in the first place. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks
8: (laughs) for having me. Thanks
0: for for coming, coming in today and also thanking Catherine Clinton, John Glidden and my gardenism for the morning is and when wind and winter harden all the loveless land, it will whisper of the garden you will understand. Stand by for George Minoldi with the classic 60s. We will be back next Saturday. Keep warm, try and keep dry. And happy gardening, everyone. Thank you for your company. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.